databases, applications, security. How complex is your cloud? I'm Tanya Hall, and joining me is David Linthicum, Chief Cloud Strategy Officer for Deloitte Consulting. Welcome, David. Yeah, welcome. Thank you very much for having me. Absolutely. Give us a brief summary of your background as it relates to cloud computing. Oh, I've been in the cloud field for a long time, actually since uh, the late 90s. Uh, I actually worked on some on-demand stuff and wrote some papers and things like that. Uh, I was CTO of one of the first cloud companies called Grand Central, uh, which was early. I think it started in the late 90s as well. Um, there, I was uh, CTO of Mercator. I was CTO of Software AG Americas. I was, uh, all of these were sold. Um, uh, then uh, CTO of Grand Central, and then I was CEO for a couple of companies, all sold, and then actually started my own firm called Blue Mountain Labs, uh, and I sold that in 2010, then I joined uh, Cloud Technology Partners in 2013, and that was sold uh, a couple of years ago to Hewlett Packard Enterprise. So I wanted to join a company that wouldn't be sold. Uh, so that's why I joined uh, joined Deloitte. But I do a lot of writing and speaking. I'm the I've been the in, Infoworld. I've been the cloud blogger on Infoworld for the last ten years, and wrote about service oriented architecture before that. Focus on complex distributed systems, but also their pragmatic use uh, in enterprises and really trying to make things workable. So it's looking at the big geeky things, but it's actually working with people that have to make a living in making this stuff work and play while they're existing enterprise. I wrote uh, 13 books on computing, last couple on cloud computing. Uh, do a lot of uh, courses on lynda.com. You know, I do a lot of um, things like this where I, and I talk to people uh, who are interested in things I'm interested in, which is uh, cloud computing where the next generation of stuff is. So let's, let's drill down on that. We've been hearing the term cloud complexity a lot lately. What does the term really mean? And where are the biggest cloud complexity challenges coming from? Yeah, it's been mostly from me. <laughs> so if you, that's, if you Google that, I seem to pop up. I think the reality is, and it's actually a very simple problem. We know where it's coming from. Uh, the reality is I think enterprises are building clouds and migrating to clouds in small projects and small sprints. And so they may have 20 different projects going on at the same time with 20 different teams with 20 different biases and 20 different types of applications and 20 different types of data. And so what they're doing is what you and I would do if we worked on one of those projects is basically looking for the best of breed technology, in this case, what cloud provider and what cloud database and all these and what cloud-based security system needs to be implemented uh, to move these workloads into the cloud. But they're typically decoupled and they're not communicating one to another. And so there's a lack of a common service, there's lack of a grand plan, there's lack of common security, common governance, common man monitoring and management. And then when they deploy these systems, uh, using whatever cloud systems are there, um, they're typically very heterogeneous and we're also passing the keys on to cloud ops or cloud operation teams that just aren't equipped to deal with the complexity. And so they may have 100 different databases that are in the cloud from DynamoDB to you know, Redshift you know, for the Amazon side and, and, and SQL Server on the Microsoft side. And where they only had maybe uh, three dozen to deal with prior. And the ability to manage and monitor these applications to keep them up and running. And the biggest scary thing is the ability to keep things secure. You know, heterogeneity for security systems is, is not necessarily a good thing. And, your ability to have security systems that spans 
a multi-cloud environment, which all of which is what these are, these heterogeneous in nature, is a bit more difficult to do. And so what we're thinking ultimately if complexity is going to be a forthcoming problem, uh, it's probably more productive instead of wagging our fingers at the lack of architecture and planning. I think that's occurring within all these enterprises currently. But you know, putting together a framework and a, thing, a way of understanding how to break that problem apart into subdomains and the ability to break those into subdomains under that, and then the ability to apply tools and technology to actually fix the issue or move toward the fix of the issue. So in essence, it's being proactive, understanding the fact that we're slowing down and about to get slowed down in a big way in terms of how this complexity is going and what to do about it. So what kind of planning is required to effectively manage the complexity and possibly reduce it? Well, it's boring stuff, really, when you get right down to it, and it's very geeky stuff. So ultimately, it's taking the different domains. So you know, the three of the top ones would be a data domain, a service domain, and a security domain. And the ability to look at that from a logical point of view. In other words, what's logically occurring in our data domain? What kind of information are we managing? Are we able to get to a single source of truth? Are we able to you know, get to a single set of data uh, that's related to particular business applications that are happening? And then the ability to kind of break them down into a logical understanding and how they're going to be grouped. And then you have to create the physical architecture, which is probably the hard thing. And that's applying middleware solutions, data virtualization solutions, metadata management solutions, which are available today. These aren't technologies that don't exist to remove yourself or abstract yourself away from the complexity of the data. So what we're saying, if they were gonna drive ourselves crazy, if we're managing a, every asset at the native database level using whatever management tools the database provides, and we're taking it up one layer of abstraction to remove a lot of the complexity. So we, in essence, give a dashboard in the hands of people that have to operate it. So again, we're not de demanding that we simplify the physical databases, but we abstract into something that's more workable. And then it's a matter of just doing the same thing for cognitive computing, AI, the ability to do the same thing for services, and doing the same thing for security. I mean, it's different tools, different technologies, different approaches, but, but the idea is the same. What are the threats to data security and privacy caused by cloud complexity? Well, it's not keeping track of everything. So in other words, if you're dealing with security operations and you have you know, 300, 400 different databases now in the cloud where you had five or six dozen before the cloud came along and we haven't increased the staff and we haven't changed their security models very much, we typically have tactical security solutions around each of those data bundles. And they don't communicate one to another. And may, they may or may not be identity-based. And they're all kind of, you know, of, of different religious beliefs. And I'm not saying one security model can solve all problems. And you have to have a security architect that applying different models for the solutions that you need. But if it's too complex, then vulnerabilities have a chance to sneak in. We're not doing the updates. We're not dealing, we're not understanding the compliance issues with the data. And now that we have, you know, different data security, you know, regulations in Europe to deal with, as well as China, as well as Australia, um, these things are very dynamically and constantly changing. And so if we can't do it in a very speedy and agile way, and we can't be proactive in terms of security, then the vulnerabilities are going to occur. And so we're going to see breaches that are occurring. We've already seen breaches that have occurred on premises in some instances where it's really not keeping up with the uh, 
vulnerabilities that are emerging and the cloud's going to be the same thing. And if, as we get into more heterogeneous and more complex systems that are there and where the complexity increases, it's just going to get worse because not because uh, we don't understand that the vulnerabilities are there, but we just don't have the resources and the tooling to keep track of them. And so that's where people make mistakes. And I think mistakes are going to cause the breaches. What metrics can organizations use to measure how well they're handling a complex cloud operation? Yeah, some of the main metrics that I found, which is, which is actually kind of funny, is the turnover of the operations staff. Um, you know, if I look at a website and I see uh, lots of operations jobs going calling for people, I can, you know, kind of tell that there may be, you know, some sort of a complexity issue where the budget for operations in many public companies, they, they, they don't increase them by much. And the amount of work is doubled or tripled, you know, for the ops teams. And I think that they feel like they're getting set up for failure in many instances. I, I've talked to these people as they left the organization or don't feel that they're in a job that's relatively, you know, fun anymore. You know, if they're just, they're just in a reaction and putting out fires or firefighters at the end of the day, when you get into a complex environment and we've all worked, you know, for these sorts of things, we just end up reacting to issues on a daily basis. And, but the big thing would be um, the amount of um, time it takes for you to get applications into production. Uh, that, in some instances, that slowed down when we when we added the cloud, just because we went you know wiggy crazy with um, you know the the architecture stuff. We're doing all these diff different microarchitectures, and it's very confusing how we're just going to pick a platform and get something into production. That takes longer than necessary. The ability to um, leverage DevOps effectively. In cloud is typically gonna be the endpoint. If it's overly complex and we're dealing with different tool sets, we may have um, you know, five factorial of tool chains that are there to deal with the different environments that we're doing targeted on. And therefore the efficiency goes down and the cost goes up. Uh, and it just, and then also negative value of cloud. We're running into that from time to time. In other words, when they look around and they say, okay, well, five years ago, we were predicting, you know, huge cost efficiencies by, you know, 20, 30% and agility value that was, uh, you know, going to be 50 or 60% in terms of the ROI that comes back from the investments being made. And the agility isn't there because the environments are too complex. They can't change them as quickly as they need. They can't reconfigure and configure around the needs of the business. And then they kind of do the math. And I think people are going to do that in larger companies to see what kind of grades cloud computing is getting. And they go, well, this costs us money. And we're no better off than we, uh, we were when we started. And so those sorts of things are kind of tragic ends because the opportunity is with cloud to do really good things. You can make an agile infrastructure. You can do wonderful things with your data. You have access to new features and services such as artificial intelligence services and the ability to do DevOps as a service and all these other things that are showing up that are really, really um, proactively exciting things to do. But if we end up with too much complexity on the end, we don't have the ability to leverage those technologies in the, in the ways in which they're designed to be leveraged. And that's the big scary thing. And we're seeing all kinds of metrics come back, but the you know, big thing would be people are quitting and uh, hey, this is costing us more than we thought it would. In fact, we're losing money on it. All right, David, what advice can you offer to C-level IT professionals who are looking at a cloud implementation in the near future? I think number one, it really comes down to you doing proactive planning. 
and the ability to have a larger scheme of things as to what's going to happen. Uh, the ability to deal with common services, common security layers, common governance layers, common management and monitoring layers, common data layers is something that takes a lot of planning to get right. And if you haven't moved into the cloud yet, you haven't made significant investments in those directions, you know, now's the time to hire the talent you need within the organization to make sure we're doing the advanced planning. And by the way, someone has to have courage in those organizations to make some changes. Because typically, if we move away from tactical things into more strategic things, that's normally where the resistance occurs. And so if you're working for a $100 billion health insurance company um, you know, that has 1% of their IT budget, you know, 1% of their revenue is their IT budget, which is you know, typically what people are spending. And they're typically going to be held to that going forward. You know, who's going to stick their neck out and start investing in areas which quite frankly may not return immediate return or it's very difficult to see and actually we're suggesting that we do more work and more analysis and more for for planning when some of the the cultures have a tendency to kind of move into more tactical directions so it's really kind of changing culture changing the way in which you're doing it uh, and then actually you're gonna to have to spend some money Nobody wants to hear that, but I'm sure we do. David Linthicum, Chief Cloud Strategy Officer at Deloitte Consulting. If somebody wants to connect with you, David, how can they do that? Uh, LinkedIn is a good way. Uh, uh, L-I-N-T-H-I-C-U-M is my last name. And you can get me at Twitter at twitter.com slash David Linthicum. Sounds good. Thanks again. And if you guys want to find more of my interviews, you can do that right here or go to tanyahall.net. Thanks for watching.